Good evening, Dumb Nation, episode 425. Good to be with you. Sorry, I've been away for a couple of days. We've been doing a little something called the Kevin McCarthy House Speaker of the House nomination. It took up a lot of my time. And tonight we're talking about that Trey Gowdy and the 20. Why am I a little frustrated with Trey? Well, it can happen. I do respect the man, but I do disagree with him from time to time. And tonight is no exception. We're going to talk about it in just a few seconds. Thanks so much for stopping by. My name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me, also Breaking Truth, a little segment inside the network. And we are talking about Trey Gowdy and the 20, the people who resisted uh, Kevin McCarthy's appointment to Speaker of the House and why they did. We're going to clear some things up tonight. The Don't Unfriend Me show is live 8.30 Monday, Wednesday, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. You can find the recorded show usually Monday through Friday at The Dumb Show across all social media. You can stop by, pick up some amazing coffee from Minuteman Coffee over at my site, don'tunfriendme.com, including some shirts and hats and all that other stuff. And please do me one more favor. Stop by the Percival Flag Company, pfcflags.com. Pick yourself up an American wooden flag. They are ridiculously cool, and they are over my shoulder right here. Pretty Awesome. All right, let's get to the show tonight because I know we're all waiting with bated breath. We got to see this process. The left called it crazy and anarchy and, you know, pure chaos. And of course, that's just what the left calls everything, even though they embrace the filibuster and try to block every single thing possible that they don't agree with. And that happens on both sides. But this is actually what government's supposed to look like. And I understand that's hard for people to understand because we haven't seen it. All we've seen is executive orders from Obama and Biden. And then legislation necessarily wasn't the number one factor of Donald Trump's presidency where Republicans were behind him at all times. It was a very short window, about a year and a half of legislation where things went through. So it may not be something that's front of mind, but this is what it looks like. It's what I grew up with, and I haven't seen it in years. And honestly, it was pretty good to see. Let's talk about exactly what Trey Gowdy had said that got me into a little bit of a kerfuffle. It's pretty simple. Trey Gowdy is a constitutionalist, uh, FBI lawyer, very smart man, knows more than I probably ever will about the subject, and he certainly rubs elbows and shoulders with a lot of people in Washington. So I respect his opinion on most nights. But as I was working out and doing a few lifting exercises, I listened to him on Saturday night and I was surprised to hear him be the dissenting opinion towards the 20 dissenters in regards to Kevin McCarthy's ouster, if you will. Now, I want to be clear, the 20 And what they were focused on had nothing to do at all with necessarily getting rid of Kevin McCarthy. It was a foregone conclusion that Kevin McCarthy was going to be the speaker. I called that a year ago, and I think the people who dissented knew that. But there was something they didn't have. They didn't have a voice. And the Freedom Caucus has been a slowly growing caucus as more of the party kind of divides a little bit more to the right than of center. And what you have is a caucus that is not being taken seriously enough, in my opinion. They do have some valid points. They also have some things that are a little bit off the wall. But ultimately, dissension inside of a party is a good thing as long as it's working towards the citizen and the people that consider themselves to be in this party. Here is Trey Gowdy's first take, fairly negative and not positive in regards to the dissenters. And then we'll follow up with another video right after that. 
I actually uh, think this will be the best week of Kevin's life if he's the speaker. As miserable as it is, this will be the best one. The other thing I don't get is conservatives hate the filibuster in the Senate. They hate the fact that 40 senators can derail things, and yet they embrace the, the fact that 10% of the House is derailing things. I just, uh, look, I don't mind if people are wrong. I just wish they'd be consistent. Yeah, I don't agree with Trey there in any way, shape or form. It's not the Republicans that don't like the filibuster. In fact, we're trying to protect the filibuster because without it, Democrats will have unfettered access to do just about anything that they want. The dissenting opinion is important. We're going to get to that in a moment. But Trey's entire comment there makes really no sense. I've never heard Republicans complain about the filibuster in any way, shape or form. Now, when the filibuster used to be reading of recipes and standing up for eight hours on end for three or four days and literally just gridlocking the government, uh, I think that's ultimately probably distracting to each party. But when it comes to being able to have serious conversation, serious discourse and multiple votes on one singular topic. I don't think anyone except Democrats I've heard ever complain about that. So I'm not sure what he's talking about. The next video, he seems to walk it back a little bit, a little softer, gentler. Trey, I'm sure he got some fan mail. And that's the difference between most of these guys and what I do. I don't care if you don't like what I say. I'm not going to back down on it. In fact, Dan Crenshaw, we'll talk to him about him in a little bit later. And although I like Dan and I do appreciate who he is as a human being, I don't agree with the last couple of things that he said, but I don't think that also deserves him to be uh, excommunicated from the Republican Party, but that seems to be what's happening, and I'm still not going to walk it back because I do believe he's a good dude. He just has made some stupid mistakes. We'll get to that in a second after this video. All right. Uh, Jim Jordan, uh, at least for my money, uh, may be the most conservative member of the House. I mean, there are others. There's Warren Davidson. There's Ken Buck. There's Thomas Massey. Massey. And what all four of those have in common is they voted for Kevin McCarthy every single time. Uh, one of them even nominated him. So I, I guess what I'm wondering. So Trey's begging the question here. It's like, well, because Jim Jordan said it's OK. Why is it OK for everyone to vote? Well, because that's what's called dissenting opinion. And the greatest thing about our government, especially in the House, is that there is such an amalgamation of people. It's not as simplistic as saying, well, one person says then we should all do it. That's not that has nothing to do with a republic or a democracy. It sounds more like a monarchy or an oligarchy. We have dissenting opinions for a reason for the minority voice, which we will also talk about in just a moment. And maybe what others are wondering, too, I mean, there's no room to the right of Jim Jordan. I mean, you need repelling gear to get to the right of Jim Jordan. So if he was OK with the rules package and he was OK with Kevin McCarthy and half of the Freedom Caucus was OK, why weren't the others? Well, I think that some of it was a source of frustration that they weren't at the negotiating table until after the election showed that they had the power that they did. Okay, so right, that's the first part of the truth, right? So they did not have the power at the first part. I mentioned that, and they didn't have the influence until after the election and realizing where everything stood. But here's the thing. Everything in the middle, she says, is complete crap. And now I, she says she has sources. Well, so do I. I happen to know two of the people who were contacting me while they were on the floor voting. So I trust their opinion, too. And although some people were trying to get the limelight, that isn't their one motive, right? They're not just trying to get good press, although that's important for a congressman or congresswoman to be seen in order for reelection. And let's face it, they're running for reelection the moment that they step in and are sworn in until the moment that they leave. It's a two year window. They have to start campaigning right away. However, she makes it sound like that is their one interest. And I'm going to go over 
once again, in just a few moments, what they really wanted in a list. For others, you know, I, I will, I can't um, abuse a source agreement, but I know that some were, were openly sort of talking about being on prime time and they were receiving attention that, um, that expanded way beyond what they were before they came out against Kevin McCarthy. There is also Senate motivations for different members. There's a, a series of different things. And, you know, with Eli Crane, he. Okay, and now let's get back to the truth. And I happen to know this about Eli. He did stand his ground, said he wouldn't vote for McCarthy. You're going to hear that. But the but the thing is, is that the beginning, the middle is crap, and then the end is true, really tells you about the motivation. And this point right here really drives it home to Trey Gowdy that this is why they dissented. Promised during his Republican primary to not support McCarthy. And um, as, as members were trying to suss out where he was, as allies tried to see if he would support McCarthy, that was one thing that he didn't seem to be budging on. And so there's, there's, it's hard to put all 20 together, but some. Listen, here's the thing for people who are saying that Eli Crane literally had this giant play. Dude, he, he's in his hat and his t-shirt. It's the same one that he gave me for a profile pic when he was on my show. He doesn't even have his suit yet. I mean, that's how new he is. He is literally fresh off the boat, folks. And to say that he has his master plan or he's this influential guy, he did what he said he was going to do. Stick to his guns. He wasn't going to vote for McCarthy, and he didn't. He voted present. He kept his word. I know that's confusing to some people, but isn't it refreshing that we actually have somebody in politics who keeps their freaking word? Right or wrong, it doesn't matter. Keeping your word. Wow, remember when that actually meant something probably would have been also with McCarthy if the Tuesday meeting that they had had, the conference meeting, hadn't just sort of gone off the rails. In the there it is. Tuesday meeting went off the rails. This is where they asked for the things that were following. Uh, what I'm done here is I will list off to you that they were not acquiesced to. See, the thing is, is that Kevin McCarthy, a good Kevin McCarthy is a neutered Kevin McCarthy. As long as they have a leash on him, he's going to be fine. He's a, he, he can present himself. He's an orator. He gets along fine enough and he can whip the party in shape. But what he isn't is somebody who is 100% through and through Republican. You notice how Trey uh, Gowdy didn't say that. Oh, well, why would they have a problem with McCarthy? Well, because that's what's in question, is his overall conservative nature and his ideology is not up to snuff, no matter what Jim Jordan or anyone else says. Mr. Conservative could come out of the woodwork. Ronald Reagan could actually come out from the grave with Lincoln and go ahead and confirm McCarthy, but it doesn't mean that he's any more Republican. That it did is what Republicans tell me. Fair enough. And I also think that there are some that would not be with Kevin McCarthy until Jesus came back um, because that's of personal animus and they just don't like him personally. <laughs> but, you know, that's the beautiful thing about motive. 20 people could have 20 different motives. Some of them may be honorable. Some of them, no doubt, were. And some of them you can never fix, which is why I'm glad I have my. So if you don't like Kevin McCarthy, you're not honorable. I mean, it's really stupid. His I think Trey doesn't do this very often, but when he does, he just he couldn't find his ass with two hands and a flashlight. He knows that he's on the wrong side of this. He's a constitutionalist. He, he I, I guarantee it came out of his mouth foreign. It tasted like battery acid or putting his tongue on a nine volt. This couldn't have sounded correct for him. And I, I bet you what he did is he had a writer write it. And then he went back and fired this guy because this is not him. He doesn't talk like this and it doesn't make any sense. It's antithetical to what he truly believes, at least I believe. Job and not your job, Olivia, because you have to cover <laughs> this all the time. But thank you for sharing with us uh, the longest week of your life, of I bet. 
Yeah, you can even see how uncomfortable he was. At least we got to that. Listen, I want you to tell you what the 20 were actually fighting for. And this, there's nothing here about primetime on Fox, a Sunday special, or to get on to The Blaze, or talk to Glenn Beck, or get on Hannity tonight. None of that. Now, although things were traded as far as seats on, on committees inside the House, but that's what's necessary in order to grow your caucus. The first thing was a bill to rescind certain balances made available to the Internal Revenue Service. And we're seeing that being voted on right now. The 80 some odd billion, 79, however, 79,000 some odd agents that they want to hire. This is what we're looking at to be completely revoked. And this was already put on the docket, but it doesn't matter. This is making a commitment and McCarthy is following up with it right now. He wa they wanted a bill to authorize the Secretary of Homeland Security to suspend the entry of aliens and for other purposes along the border. Once again, we just saw this huge omnibus bill, 1.7 some odd trillion dollars, and none of it was allocated to our borders, but five Islamic states, their borders doesn't make much sense. They wanted a bill to prohibit the Secretary of Energy from sending petroleum products from the Strategic Petroleum Reserve to China and for other purposes, to keep them here in the United States where they belong so we can go ahead and fluctuate our pricing based upon supply and demand. A bill to amend the Omnibus Crime Control and State Streets Act to direct district attorneys and prosecutor offices to report to the Attorney General and for other purposes. We're seeing this with huge amounts of progressives running these cities in regards to their crime and punishment and letting people go and depopulating prisons. Why? Well, because this is the progressive movement when it comes to criminality. How about a bill to require the National Instant Criminal Background Check System to notify U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement and the relevant state and local enforcement agencies whenever the information available to the system indicates that a person illegally or unlawfully in the United States may be attempting to receive a firearm? A bill to prohibit taxpayer-funded abortions was also on the docket. A bill to amend Title 18, United States Code, to prohibit a healthcare practitioner from failing to exercise the proper degree of care in the case of a child who survives an abortion or an attempted abortion, especially late-term abortions. Just to let you know also, something that just came down is Mark Green, a Republican from Tennessee, was selected by the House Steering Committee and he is going to chair the Homeland Security Committee in the new Republican Congress. The interesting piece of that is Green was picked over, Dan Crenshaw, he's a Republican from Texas, Navy SEAL. He drew complaints from House GOP members. Last week, when you remember, he called people terrorists, called them extremists. Well, this was the start of the new Congress, and Crenshaw is out. Even though he apologized for that remark on Sunday and said his remark was, we cannot let the terrorists win, was a turn of phrase. You can walk away from maybe a red flag comment a few years ago, Dan, but you're not going to sit here and sound like a Democrat and walk away from it twice in the same term. Unfortunately, this is the problem in today's politics. If you don't show allegiance to your party, you're considered a rhino. And Dan, I have to say, even though I've defended you plenty of times, this was stupid. You shouldn't have done it. I understand 36 hours out of 72 sitting on the floor waiting for this to happen. You're a SEAL. You're a hard charger. Well, Eli Crane and Mark, uh, Morgan Luttrell were also sitting there, and they didn't flip out and call half of the Republican Party, or at least a large portion of it, who understood what the Freedom Caucus was doing, called them terrorists and extremists. Here's what it comes down to. And this message just isn't to Trey Gowdy. It's to every single person who was talking trash about these 20. Now, I understand some of these 20 are considered far right. A lot of them support 
uh, you know, and, and are making excuses for January 6th, the stolen election and all this other stuff. And you can agree or disagree. I don't necessarily have fondness for a lot of them. I care about two of them specifically. But I think you need to understand is what this crew was doing is separate from that. And if we can't do that, specifically like Dan Crenshaw, when he says something stupid, but then look at his voting record, which is 94% Republican, are we losing somebody who actually is a strong conservative? The answer would be yes. Just because he has a stupid mouth sometimes, does that mean that we have to abandon him? The same holds true for the 20. The truth comes down to this. The struggle of minority rights versus majority rule is that those that compromise more than half of the population can make binding decisions that affect the whole population, even though those that oppose those decisions while still offering protections for those in the minority. And although the minority group may not be able to make binding decisions for those in the majority, their voices can and should be heard. Their beliefs are still protected and their input is still valued. And in a country such as the United States, with its frequent elections, the majority is also not guaranteed to be in power for any significant period of time. Sometimes the minority is able to convince others to change their beliefs and support a minority position, as we saw with the vote for Kevin McCarthy. And sometimes the minority becomes the majority as well. Be careful to the current majority. This interplay is key and the flourishing of what you call a democracy, Mr. Trey Gowdy, and I call a constitutional republic. Folks, thanks so much for watching tonight. I do appreciate it. Hope you liked the show. If you did, please leave me a message down below. If you didn't, well, come back next time. Maybe it will be your particular brand of vodka there. Then, my name is Matthew Spear. I am the host of Don't Unfriend Me. Remember, you can stop by the Don't Unfriend Me show at don'tunfriendme.com, and you can also stop by the shop at the same place and find me at The Dumb Show. Give me a follow, like, share, and subscribe. I would appreciate it. I will see you tonight at 8.30 and tomorrow for another Don't Unfriend Me. God bless and good night. Oh, one more thing. Veteran Crisis Hotline, 1-800-273-8255. Press 1. 22 veterans commit suicide a day. Please provide this number to a veteran. They need our help. They need swim, swim buddies, battle buddies, and most importantly, anybody at this time, that anybody could be you. Please. Write down that number and provide it to a veteran. Good night, and I will see you tonight.